What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there with the coronavirus. Hopefully, you all get to see your family and friends sooner rather than later if you haven't gotten to do so already. If you wouldn't mind, go ahead and go follow me on Instagram at English Encore Podcast, all one word. I've gotten over 200 followers now. We did a jersey giveaway just a few weeks ago. I'll be doing another giveaway in a little over two weeks. I have a big announcement coming hopefully at the beginning of next week. I'm greatly appreciative of all the support everyone has been showing me on both my live sessions and for these podcast episodes. If you want to go back and watch any of my um, previous live sessions, you can click on the IGTV section in my Instagram profile and do that. Today, I'm be talking about Trey White's decision to opt in for the Bills this year after there was a day of speculation that he could potentially opt out because of Corona. I'm talking about the Sabres announcement yesterday about their royal blue jerseys. And then finally, I'm be talking about why Stephon Diggs actually might not be the Bills' biggest offseason acquisition. And I'm going to explain why later in the episode. So starting off with Tredavious White and the Buffalo Bills, there was a report last week, Wednesday, the day before the opt-in, opt-out scheduling for 4 o'clock p.m. that day was when you had to, you know, let the NFL know if you were going to be playing. The day beforehand, when Tredavious White met with the Buffalo media for the first time via Zoom call, he left some speculation that there was a chance he would not play. Um, He was coming to basically the training camp and the facility to basically go through it, see what the protocols were, if he felt safe, what the team planned to do for the year, all that sort of things. And I just want to say for anyone that went on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be, and social media can be a very cruel place nowadays. Um, and you ripped Tredavious White for like wanting to potentially opt out Like, don't be a part of the Bills Mafia then. Like, come on. Yeah, this guy makes millions of dollars and is a pro athlete and yada, yada, yada. If you want to use that as why he needs to go in and, you know, play this year because, you know, he has all this money and, like, that's his job and yada, yada, yada. Yes, it is his job. But at the same time, he just had a second kid. He's at home. He has a wife. He has two children. Like, are you going to go in and put yourself in that same position and potentially put your children and your family at risk? And, you know, I personally have never gotten COVID yet, and I pray to God that I don't, and I haven't really had many people that I know have gotten it, and I'm very thankful for that. And even though the survival rate of it is very high, like, you don't know what another person like how it'll affect another person. So if he did play this year and he is going to, and he for some reason does get it or somehow it does affect his family, which I pray to God that it does not. um, Like all those people are going to be looking back and look really stupid. Like stay in your lane, you know, worry about your own life, worry about your family and your friends. Don't worry about Tredavious and what he's doing, you know, me and many of the other people in the Bills 
Mafia fan base. Like we all support Trey, whatever his decision was going to be. Um, obviously, I'm super stoked that he decided to opt in. Um, and I hope that there wasn't a ton of inside pressure because, you know, he is coming up on a big contract year. Both him and the Bills have expressed interest that they want to get a deal done and he wants to stay in Buffalo. But for the fans to rip him apart, I just thought that that was very childish, um, especially with all this going on in today's society. Um, like I said before, it's very great that he's opting in and it definitely helps the Bills. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but, um, you know, you got to think more about the person in these types of situations than just them being an athlete. And I think that's what a lot of things going wrong in today's world is you view people as athletes and not human beings. And I think that's got to be something that gets changed. Um, I think him opting in definitely makes the Bills the favorite in the AFC East. Had he opted out, um, there definitely would have been some question marks. You know, Levi Wallace and Josh Norman are both very capable cornerbacks. But Tredavious White's an all-pro. He's going to be one of the highest-paid cornerbacks when his money um, is going to be due to him next year. But um, with him coming back, I still think the Bills are in a prime position to win the AFC East. I think that they'll go 11-5, and as I predicted um, a few months ago. And I think they should probably be the third or fourth seed in the AFC overall and have home field advantage. Granted, we don't know if there's going to be fans at that point we don't know if there's gonna be a bubble system we don't know what's gonna happen there's still a little bit of time um in about a month from now i actually think i saw adam Schefter tweet today that the chiefs texans is uh first game is going to be exactly a month from today um so i'm definitely exciting that football is going to be coming back around um i think Tredavious white has a chance to become the highest paid cornerback in the nfl if he performs the way he did last year um, him and Stephon Gilmore, I think, are easy one-two right now. And you're going to have people that will argue, um, you know, the Patrick Petersons, the Darius Slays, you know, the Xavier Rhodes, Jair Alexander, Casey Hayward, um, all these guys, Jalen Ramsey. But I just think Travius White and Gilmore are on a different level than a lot of those guys. I think Ramsey would be the next closest. And I think Trey White is going to have an um, – great opportunity this year to really prove himself once again he's going to go up against some really really elite wide receivers um, you know he's going to be going up against Keenan Allen he'll be going up against DeAndre Hopkins again he'll have to match up with either Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf you know Tyreek Hill all these great guys a lot of up-and-coming receivers like Cortland Sutton on the Broncos and I think he's going to win a lot of those matchups and really prove himself once again. And he's going to earn himself a big payday. So obviously super happy Trey decided to opt in. Um, I just wanted to kind of go through that. But overall, bigger picture, you know, support the Bills and support the team. And, you know, always support the players. Obviously, if they do something off the field, um, like get arrested or something that's a different scenario but when it comes to someone's you know family and the safety and their own well-being like the biggest thing i think as fans we can do is support them and put the money aspect aside um and i think that's something we need to do more um, moving on to the sabers so yesterday the sabers announced uh that next week tuesday they'll be unveiling their new jerseys it was announced last year that the sabers would be returning to royal blue in this upcoming season so 
I think a lot of Sabres fans are a little bit concerned just based on how they've unveiled jerseys in the past, um, especially when we did the Navy ones. Like, that was just terrible the way they did it. Um, I also think many fans are pessimistic just because of how the organization's been run over the years, and they've been a laughing stock of the NHL for the past six to seven years now. And I think a lot of fans are concerned that it's going to be a different shade of royal blue than a lot of people want, or it just won't end up being royal blue at all, um, or it's going to be a royal blue that no one likes. And I think a lot of people are also concerned because, you know, a jersey announcement shouldn't be something that, you know, takes too much time to put together. If you have the jersey and you have what you want, putting the announcement together really shouldn't take that long. So the fact that they have to wait a week to do it, I don't know if that's more of trying to build suspense or if um, maybe they just screwed it up. And it's really tough to think about because, as I said, the Sabres haven't been good for so long. And things like this, even though it's a cash grab for the team, um, it's one of the few things that the Sabres fans can kind of hang their hat on because it's a color that I think makes the Sabres one of the more cool jerseys in the entire NHL. I think the Royal Blue has always been something that we should have went back to, especially after we decided to get rid of the Slug. I never was a huge fan of the Navy jerseys. I really liked the 50th anniversary jerseys they had this year, but um, you know, I think the Royal Blue is definitely the coolest. Talking with Marty Baron when I did a live session with him, he really enjoyed the Royal Blue as well as the red ones they had. Um, a few fans were talking about we should do Royal Blue for home games and the away games. We should go back to the Goat Head, which I thought would be pretty funny. But um, overall, I'm super excited that the Royal Blue jerseys are going to be coming back. Um, I think that, you know, with this upcoming season and everything going on, and we're going to be waiting so much longer to see the Sabres play again, that the Sabres organization really has to get this right because there's a good chance we're not going to be seeing um, this team play again until potentially January of 2021. So, and as Jordan Hanskin on the Lockdown Sabres podcast put it, um, if you're going to lose, you might as well lose uh, looking good. And I think that's a mindset of a lot of Sabres fans lately, especially because of all the losing. Um, Jack Eichel is going to look great wearing the C in a royal blue jersey. And I think it does definitely give the Sabres some more pop to their uniforms and what they've had. Over the past 6 to 10 years um, since we have worn the slug. Like I said, the 50th anniversary jersey is really cool. Um, I think a lot of fans are anticipating that the Royal Blue is going to be some sort of combination of what they wore during the Winter Classic when they uh, played the Rangers just a few years ago. And I actually think that would look really great because I actually loved those uniforms. And I think that uniform there would almost be your away jersey. And then it would be your home jersey. You just flop, you know, the white and the blue and then... The white probably gets replaced by gold. Um, but overall, super happy about it. I'll probably doing on talking a little bit more about it next week. Um, I'll probably touch about it a little bit on Friday uh, briefly just because the announcement's on Tuesday and I'll be doing my episode on Monday. Um, so I'll touch on that. And um, moving on to the final topic for today, very interesting one I mentioned at the beginning of the show. So the Bills obviously made a lot of great offseason acquisitions, whether it was Stephon Diggs, Josh Norman, Mario Addison, A.J. Klein, all these guys um, drafting A.J. Spencer, Zach Moss, Jake Fromm. Um, the name that 
pops out to everyone is clearly Stephon Diggs. He's an elite wide receiver. He's going to be the Bills' new number one. He really is going to be a game changer for the offense. And even though I think Stephon Diggs is going to make the Bills' offense next level, I actually don't think his acquisition is the biggest one the Bills have made this offseason. I actually think that the Bills' biggest move this offseason was bringing in Josh Norman. And here's why. So you look at the Bills last year. You look at the games they lost. You look at the playoff game. And obviously the offense is always going to keep continue to try to improve. Josh Allen is going to continue to improve his game, improve his deep ball, improve his accuracy. The offense is going to go as Josh goes, regardless of who's on that side of the ball, wide receiver, running back. You can only do so much as far as the pieces that are out there. It really relies on Josh getting them the ball. And Stephon Diggs is definitely going to help in that, and they're going to put more points on the board and ultimately going to help the defense keep them off the field a little bit more. But at the end of the day, to me, defense can win you a championship, especially with the Bills roster constructed the way it is. You saw what happened in the Super Bowl. The 49ers defense locked in Mahomes all game long. The 49ers offense went stagnant in the second half, and Garoppolo missed throws late in the game. And the 49ers were on the defense was on the field just so long that they eventually got gassed out. And you look at the games the Bills lost last year. You look at the Cleveland game. Late in the game, Levi Wallace got torched about three straight times, including the game-winning touchdown to Rashard Higgins. You look at the Philadelphia game, Levi Wallace getting torched that game as well. You look at the playoff game, you know, Trey White was good for most of the game. Second half, he got burnt a few times by DeAndre Hopkins, but then those second and third receivers, the Kenny Stills of the world, whether it was Kevin Johnson, Levi Wallace, you know, Hyde, Poyer, whoever it was, you know, they were exploiting that mismatch. So to me, what Josh Norman can do if he can return to anything close to what he was in Carolina, could be a game changer for the Bills defense because he's coming off of a bad year. So from a contract perspective, it's a low risk, high reward investment. He's already knows Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. He played in their system. He was an all pro and pro bowler 2015 when he played with them. And when they went to the Super Bowl. He was good his first few years in Washington before that team just went to complete garbage. But, like I said, you look at the games the Bills lost last year, outside of the offense coming up short a few times, even though the defense held strong for most of the game, late in games, you need to have that shutdown secondary. Because let's face it, when you're late in a game and you're trying to score and put points on the board, Teams are throwing the ball. Rarely are you running the ball down the field in two-minute drill, trying to get in field goal, trying to score a touchdown to win games. And I think that's where the Bills fell short last year is even though the offense was limited and adding Stephon Diggs is clearly going to help them, it's going to keep the Bills' defense off the field a little more, which means they should be playing at even more elite level. I think the Bills are easily a top-five defense and are a cornerback and a defensive tackle away from being the best defense in the NFL. I think Ed Oliver's development, and I actually think Jefferson and Butler signings are going to be very um, underrated signings. But if Josh Norman can be anything close to what he was in Carolina, or even just 
a little bit less than that. Opposite in all pro in Tredavious White with Poyer and Hyde on the back end. And then you have Milano and Edmonds and Ed Oliver all continuing to develop with the veteran presence of A.J. Klein, Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, all these guys. That Bills defense is going to be scary good. And, you know, teams, when they play the Bills, obviously, you know, they don't think the Bills offense is great, and I think that's going to change this year. But when they look at the Bills defense, the two things they know they can do to, you know, move the ball on them is throw away from Javius White and run the ball um, successfully. And during the late part of the year, the Bills actually were great against the run. Uh, Jordan Phillips leaving obviously hurts that. But like I said, bringing in Quentin Jefferson, Vernon Butler, I think fills that void um, very good. Not to mention with Addison and drafting Espensa, you're going to limit Jerry Hughes and Trent Murphy's reps, which means they're going to have, you know, less reps, but probably higher production because they're going to be less tired. So I think the defensive line is actually going to be a lot stronger. It's just that cornerback opposite Tredavious White was always the biggest question mark. And I think Josh Norman could be, you know, if he's, like I said, if he is anywhere close to what he was in Carolina, the Bills defense is going to be unstoppable. It's kind of one of those that I already know what Stephon Diggs is going to do for the offense, but Levi Wallace and Josh Norman are such wild cards that they can be game changers for the Bills defense. So to me, Josh Norman is the biggest offseason acquisition, not only because he is a veteran. He's been to a Super Bowl before. He's proven he can play at an all-pro level. He is a guy that, you know, adds more tenacity to that defense. He's just like Trey White, Poyer, Hyde. He feels disrespected. He feels underappreciated. He's not afraid to let you know how he feels, and he will talk with you. Um, and I just think he's the match made in heaven for the Bills opposite Trey White. And that's why I feel that he is the most um, underappreciated offseason acquisition I think it's actually the biggest over Stefan Diggs not take anything away from Diggs because that's a huge deal and I love Diggs and I already bought a jersey of him and everything but um, I think Josh Norman is getting slept on more than he should be for the Bills but that's going to do it for today's episode everyone sorry again my voice has been a little bit hoarse the past few weeks um, I think sometimes when I get on a, you know a ramble or something and I don't have my water bottle with me it can get a little bit dry but um, thank you for always supporting me um, like I said, if you could go give me a follow at English Encore Podcast on Instagram, I greatly appreciate it. Hope everyone continues to stay safe and healthy. I will be back on Friday with another episode talking about the NHL draft lottery after a lot of the bigger teams such as Toronto, Pittsburgh, and Edmonton have all been eliminated in the play-in round and they're all projected or all have a chance of getting the number one overall pick. I will be then going through some MLB um, talk, just going through which teams have um, underachieved and which ones have overachieved so far this season and take an early look at potentially what the playoffs could look like. And then we'll be talking some NBA playoffs, talk about some Damian Lillard drama once again after him, Patrick Beverly, and Paul George got into it. So I'll be back again with that on Friday. I'll hopefully be giving you guys some news about a live session guest then as well. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. Yeah.